Man, my days are best spent when I start slow with the Lord, um, trying to find His face, trying to find His presence, so that then you carry that into whatever work you're doing, and then that work feels different. It doesn't feel like anxious toil. Hey friends, welcome back. This is episode three of the Born Again podcast. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I think it's just getting better and better. I definitely feel that way about today's guest. Kind of a big deal for me. Okay, I have followed this guy for like 15 years. Today, I got to talk to Josh Garrels, um, incredible singer, songwriter, artist, but he's an incredible thinker and speaker, as you're going to hear in this podcast. Um, he's had a really cool year taking a sabbatical um, from music, and that's what we're going to talk about and then kind of follow some threads out of that as well. It really was a great conversation. It was super good for me. Hopefully, it will be for you too. Thanks for listening. excited like freaking out excited to have Josh Garrels with me today uh he said yes to coming on the born again podcast which is awesome uh I've been a big fan of Josh's and was thinking maybe we could just spend this hour like we could sing my my favorite songs of yours and uh (laughs) no I'm just kidding but um yeah, just being able to actually talk to you, and uh, this is the first time Josh and I have ever connected, even though mm-hmm. uh, for years I've kind of like followed what he's done, and then we've kind of connected a little bit online, uh, but I just thank mm-hmm. you for taking some time today to talk to me. Oh, yeah. It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. So just to real quick explain again uh, the purpose of this podcast, both for Josh, but also for anyone who happens to be tuning in. Um, I'm putting out a record called Born Again, and uh, it's a it's a new, it's my fifth album. And this time around, I thought it would be fun to unpack some of what I'm getting at with the songs, like with some longer form conversations. And so um, this particular one, I guess, trying to dig into the, the idea of um, resisting the like breakneck speed of modern life uh, as it's kind of sped up over really over the past couple, you know, hundred years, but then, you know, internet and other things just kind of speeding up to just like an exponentially greater, more overwhelming speed that really is yeah. uh, almost <laughs> like unhuman and you're, we're not able to keep up with, with it uh, and learning to take on uh of uh, practice of rest in our lives. And so um, there's two songs on the record that kind of talk about that. One of them is Lilies and Sparrows, which is essentially like verbatim uh, Matthew 6. And then um, I also have another song on there called Place to Land that essentially is just, you know, I wake often in a, in a whirlwind to the chaos of the day, pulled in opposite directions. Tell me there's another way because I need a peaceful pasture. I need a place to land. Um, just this idea that there's like, there really is every time we wake up in the morning, something that's going to tug us like mag- magnetically into this, just this speed of life and of information and everything. And um, just being able, I've really had this theme in my life recently, this desperate need for for learning how to resist that and go a different pace. Um, and so I've been making changes to my own life, uh, and wrestling through what that looks like. But I was like, um, trying to think about who would be a great person to talk to who I can kind of just from a distance, because it's only really through social media that I've ever viewed your life, Josh, but just seeing that you seem to have made a big shift in the past few years of taking a sabbatical year from, 
your career in music and looks like you're living in Michigan now and all of that. So I guess like, you know, we want to know how that experience was, but even like kind of take us back before that to what led you to that decision. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, so leading up to February, 2021, which is like beginning of February, that's when I decided I'm going to do this. I'm going to take a full year sabbatical. I think there'd been sort of a slow truncation of stuff in my life that had already been happening. Um, making small decisions, maybe like you're saying, so seeing like, man, I need to start making subtly different decisions with the margin that I have in my life. Um, we only have so much time. And as, as you said, I think now more than ever, maybe, maybe more than ever, maybe it's always been this way, even in the stone right. age, you know, we just can fill our time with things maybe that aren't the most life-giving, um, anxious energy in a direction to try to ensure that we'll be okay, that we'll be secure, to keep inertia going, whatever you want to call it, like overworking ourselves to try to ensure, you know, ensure our future, um, which isn't all wrong. You know, we're made to like apply ourselves and we're made to build and we're made to work. And those are good things, but you know, the classic definition of an idol is when you take a good thing and make it ultimate, you know? Um, mm. And so I think, yeah, I'm like Germanic stock, and moved in like uh, my entire adulthood has been as an artist, you know, and got five kids and there can be this sense of like, it's up to me. Like if I don't keep grinding, if I don't keep pushing in, like we mm. won't be okay. You know? So I think through my adulthood and those who've followed any podcast I've done in the last 10 years, there's sort of been this questioning of why do we do this? And what am I, trying to accomplish by overworking, you know, and then the inevitable in my case and hearing it more and more and more from my peers and those on down underneath me, um, the burnout, the anxiety, anxiety attacks, sending people to the hospital, health problems, foggy brain, you know, anything from arthritic hands and eyes that aren't focusing right. Just these weird symptoms, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, to like a certain deadening of the heart and the faith where God's still really still there, but sort of this always at a sense of one wondering, like, I feel like there should be more vibrancy here. Like I've, I feel like I, I was maybe uh, walking in a more vibrant faith as a like 20 something with no money in the bank, but a sense of awe and wonder toward the faith and right. sensing the cares of the world, you know, like beginning to choke things out. So when that happens, you have to start making decisions. Are you going to start weeding, which for your heart's sake has to happen, or are you not going to weed? And eventually you sort of forget the good seed that was planted and you uh, become really worldly. The cares of the world take over and you will become right. worldly, you know? So I think mm -hmm. I recognized in my life, like there's some obvious things, some health symptoms and I'm, I'm introspective enough realizing like, Oh, there are patterns here um, that I don't think are super healthy, you know, or wow, I keep getting tripped up in this area. I don't understand why um, mm -hmm. looking at those things. And again, to use that parable, beginning to do weeding that had been going on for years, all the way back to when we lived in Portland, you know, deciding to begin doing things differently, saying no to a few more things, um, preparing for times of rest, you know, like <clears throat> we started taking Saturday, we call it, you know, our Sabbath. We were not like messianic, messianic Jewish about it or something. You know what I mean? We don't, um, yeah, practice it to that extent or something, but at the same time, realizing like we need to set aside time purposefully beforehand, because if you tried to decide on a given Saturday with five kids, like, Hey, let's, let's rest today. It's like not a reality at all. You know, it actually has to be planned for beforehand. Um, and then trying to bring rest to our hearts, you know, I'll try to move a little faster here. I tend to no. find, find my way to the answer, but I, yeah, I, I think love it moving away from the city, realizing we're not urban people, 
me and my wife. Mm. I love urban culture. I love traveling through cities. I love what cities have to offer, but we ourselves personally, we're not like, we're not urbanites. We're living in Portland's in the urban core, so to speak, and realizing months would go by that we weren't taking advantage of what the city had to offer. Um, yeah. Which begs the question, is this where we're supposed to be, you know? Totally. And so I think our voyage out of the city, and I love Portland, but our voyage out of it was this sense of like, I think these rhythms that we're beginning to practice in our life, I think um, would take root better in a different location. So that led to a few years of us kind of like trying to figure out where we'd end up. Um, and we ended up here in, in Michigan on a 10 acre farm. Um, yeah, That's slowly amazing. like practicing, I guess, practicing what I'd call rhythms. I mean, I know that can, word gets bandied about a lot and like contemplative Christianity, find your rhythms and your disciplines. And, but there's truth to it, you know, actually finding rhythms that are life-giving. Um, so for me and my wife, again, like starting all the way back in Portland, realizing something's not working and beginning to institute a few things. And then that slowly, like what emerges over time is like, oh, this rhythm really works for us, which is slow mornings where I don't like go right into the studio and just start like trying to hammer out songs and um, like quantity somehow being the top priority, being super prolific. And I've had times in my life where I've really idealized that like man if i could just be prolific and just put work out there and but man my days are best spent when i start slow with the lord um trying to find his face trying to find his presence so that then you carry that into whatever work you're doing and then that work feels different it doesn't feel like uh what my wife calls you know the bread of anxious toil Toil. If you're, yeah. If, yeah. If you're going into your work with anxious toil, if I don't, if I don't write a hit here, <laughs> you know, we're not, mm. we're not paying the mortgage or whatever you go into right. that with your cup filled up, you know? Um, and then now that we live here at the farm, the end of my day, I like leave the studio late afternoon. And then I spend a few hours like taking care of farm chores that need to get done, you know? Yeah. So slow mornings, music, usually in the middle of the day. And then the end of my day is like riding a tractor, brush hogging acreage or whatever, whatever I've got to do. So that's, that was a long answer, but there you go. (laughs) No, that's, that's beautiful. And uh, Andrew Peterson is a good friend and he's had, you know, a couple of years of, well, everyone has of being at home. And so for him, that's meant a lot of uh, writing books and creating art, but at the same time, tending his gardens and, you know, that being able to, and for me, that's been really helpful too, of just like, Sometimes, especially the creative arts, having this totally different path of caring for something outside and just being outside has been super refreshing. Um, But yeah, it's been cool to see that you made that decision to move there uh, and to take a sabbatical year. Like what was the actual year like? And did you like just full stop on music and was that mm-hmm. hard or what was the actual year like as you tried to kind of like totally change gears for the first yeah. time in a long time? Yeah. Yeah. As I said, in my previous answer, there was like a slow truncation of my career, smaller decisions yeah. I've made like touring less. And these other things that were kind of uh, warming me up to this thing that I really feel like God led me to. I think the pandemic was for all of us, man. I mean, man, we've already been shut down for a year, no shows. So there was like this sense of, man, we're already in this strange time. Um, Yep. So it wasn't as big of a gear shift. It felt like the appropriate time for me to take a year sabbatical. Um, My personality is such that I kind of need to make drastic decisions (laughs) almost on one hand for accountability another hand, paint myself into a corner so that you can't do otherwise. Um, Otherwise, I end up, if you need to discern the same thing every day, like, am I on sabbatical today? Lord, today? Today? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. like, inevitably, yuck, it's tiring. It's almost like reinventing the wheel to me. I, so I, my personality is such, there have been a time where I was like, I'm not going to drink alcohol for a year. And then, you know what I mean? Just didn't do that for a year. So I'd, yeah. sometimes I, I need to like, personally, I have to make sort of... Uh, drastic decisions. It help. It helps my heart, I guess I'd say. Um, yeah. But with that said, um, man, I'd say the first four, five, six months, so like 
a third to half of the sabbatical, I didn't totally understand what I was supposed to be doing. You know, I think the, yeah. the, the accomplisher in me went into it thinking, I'm going to write a book. Um, <laughs> and then another, I actually bought all this camera gear and like nice lighting. And I bought like these like automatic tracks that one of the cameras could go on. So it would look like there was like two cameras, one moving, one straight on. And I was going to like have this whole sort of like almost like sermonette series that I would put online. I had all these ideas of what I would do. Cause in my mind, sabbatical, yeah. the picture is like the professor who takes a sabbatical and they write the book or they, they go to Ireland and spend time with monks or do something that's real tangible that when the time is done, they're like, yeah, this is what I did on my sabbatical. I accomplished this right. or did this thing I always wanted to do. And that was not God's like program for me at all. In fact, his program was like unlearning achievement in the sense that I need to be proving myself to myself by having output. Yeah. Um, wow. Which was really like, I kind of knew it was happening and that's all right for a month or two. You know, we just bought this place. So at any given moment, the good thing about living on this farm at any given moment, if I was wondering, you know, who am I? <laughs> what am I supposed to do with my life? <laughs> like there's a lot of, there's a lot to do out there, you know, and we're like renovating interior spaces. So I would just shut down that train of deep questioning and be like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to cut logs or, you know, that's what I'm going to do. Right. So there was a lot of that, which is good. But even in there, the question still arose, like uh, true identity questions and being able as time went on, to be just far enough from the inertia of this, you know, 15 year career to be able to like assess it a little bit and begin to understand how like intertwined and that, and in some ways tangled into my own heart and identity, um, sort of a career and a career that honestly is like linked to this thing that I love and it's super life-giving and I actually feel called to, you know? So I think it'd be similar to maybe, the pastor who plants a church and he's 15 years in and it's, it's doing pretty well. People would consider his church a success and he's, he loves what he does, but yet there's some ways it's gotten intertwined there in identity and yeah. purpose and how time is used. And that I think in my case needed, I needed a little separation to begin to see, but it took four or five months. So I will tell you, it wasn't just like, vacation or something kind of deep questioning um, to the point where, you know, there's reached probably the first time in my adult life and within my music career where I actually came to the point where I could hold it out in front of me and say, you know what, Lord, I don't have to keep doing this. You know, I love it. I love it. I, I'd always hoped to do this for the rest of my life, but you know what? Yeah. I actually don't have to keep doing this, you know, and yeah. it may mean a difference in our income and it may mean some difficult decisions ahead, and, but I'm willing, like, if you have some new path, if there's something on your heart, like, I want to do what you're doing. I want to like where your spirit's moving in our life. I want to follow that and not, not this. Cause I, I told yeah. my wife in the midst of it. I mean, I think anyone here who's listening, whether you're a musician or not, you're, you've looked at the lifestyle of musicians, you know, and there I told my wife, the last thing I want is to cling to this and be that, that aging musician who's like clinging to this thing, like, like the high school football player who like had a touchdown at state. <laughs> and he's like, just clinging that, like trying to totally like, trying to like relive the glory or something. Cause they think yep. that was a, that was like a highlight in their life and they can't move on and see like, right. what's the next, what's the next chapter. I'm not doing that anymore, but could I like continue to be courageous and take risks and use this prowess God's given me to do something else that, you know, so I reached the first point to backtrack a little where I was willing to like put it before him, so to speak and say, I don't yeah. need to, I don't need to continue. Um, I don't need to continue with this, but at the same time, your question, it was full stop. So, I mean, just, uh, just disengage from social media, which is a big one, actually. Um, yep. no to no tours, no podcasts. This is the first podcast I've done, like after coming <laughs> off sabbatical, you know, no interviews, yeah. none of that, 
you know, nothing that's yep. like sort of feeding the machine or the inertia or the fans or the content creation. Um, right. The one, the one thing I allowed myself was like, if I wanted to sitting on a couch with an acoustic guitar and that's, that was my only, cause I felt right somehow that didn't feel messed up. And I, I wouldn't make myself like, I got to finish a song. I have to, there was no end goal. It was like for the joy of um, just being there and remembering, yeah. Oh, this is why I, this is why I love this. You know, was there another aspect of that question that I'm missing? There, those were the no, parameters. That's, that that's was, what yeah, that's in. exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I was curious about that. Like, did you allow yourself to do any music? Because it really, I would imagine for you is actually your, it's your heart. It's your passion. It became your career. So that's like, for me, that's, it's gotten so tangled with that. Yep. That yep. sometimes it's, sometimes it's not the right idea for me to pick up a guitar because I'm sitting there like now, especially now that I'm writing worship songs for the church, it's just like, I just need to be able to worship God without thinking, is this singable or like, what is this going to yep. sound like with a big crowd of si people or big band playing or like conference or whatever. Sometimes it's gotten too tangled. So I put it all the way. It just is a full, full stop. But, but at the same time, like enough distance from it. And it's like, but that's my heart. That was how I communicated with the Lord from day one. So it's just like, I do have to have yeah. that outlet, but it's just, it's gotten tangled. And so, yeah, I was yeah. curious about that. Did you have any like unexpected challenges or unexpected surprises? And, hmm. you know, well, I think, yeah, there were definitely were sort of epiphanies along the way. Yeah, I don't... Or even favorite memories. Yeah, there were like lessons learned. Favorite memories. I mean, I think my wife and kids would say that I was like over time, like more present and relaxed, mm -hmm. which is actually a big deal, you know? Um, yep. Like I think they all, as time went on, were like treating me and the time like it was this gift, you know, because I was able to be like present in a way that I yep. realize, like I'm not just totally scatterbrained otherwise, but I was present in kind of a different way, you know? Yep. Um, and I will say even, I think even traditionally, yeah, like I guess an unexpected thing I could share this is like one example is like birthdays, holidays, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, these things as a family, you like have these like special dates where, ideally we go into those days with an idealism like oh this is family time this is memory making right. time this is you know celebrate the season time or whatever it is and in the past those have always felt like a little bit of a little bit of a bump in the road or a hiccup to me you know it's like oh it's time to celebrate this one again you know and you right. like turn on your like you turn it on and you prep everything and you like sort of like quote unquote make it special for the kids or whatever, you know what I mean? But I'm realizing like this past year, I was even present in those times in this way that I like, it was different than anything I'd experienced mm. before. I don't know how else to put it beyond I would reach the end of 4th of July or Christmas day. And in the past I'd be sort of exhausted, like, Oh my God, I'm so yeah. thankful that's done. <laughs> that was so much work. You know what I mean? To like make this time special or something. And, almost every single one of these moments in the past year, I would reach the end of the day and like sit on the couch with my wife and let out like sort of a deep sigh. And be like, that was really, really fun. I really, that's so great. Sweet. I've never had a Thanksgiving that was more fun than this one, you know? And then I realized I was saying that every time there was like a special occasion, which made me realize in the past, wow, I haven't totally looked forward to these. These have represented more work on top of the work I'm already interruption. doing. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I'm like, brings actually more exhaustion the classic like wow this vacation i'm i'm coming home from this vacation more tired than before i left you know that's kind of right. what holidays have felt like yeah or i don't know how long so that's that tells you something right there that there was a a presence like i was able to be present and like my family would say sort of relaxed too you know um mm. Which that's, 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 un, that's unexpected, you know, that's unexpected. And it's things like that, yep. that I would hope to like carry into the future, you know? Yeah. So totally. yeah. 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 That kind of goes into my, my next question was like, you know, it is somewhat of a, like a, a, a privilege 
to even be able to take a whole year off. And I know that plenty of people probably can't do that. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, are there, are there rhythms, are there choices, boundaries, you know, things that you feel like you're going to continue to try to implement into daily, weekly, monthly rhythms of life, or that you could share that's like, even if people can't take a sabbatical, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, however long they can, what are, what are other rhythms that you've seen you and your family like benefit from that you want to carry forward? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. And I think you're right in saying there is a certain luxury um, in the fact that I'm self-employed and we were able to live on royalties, which allowed me to full stop for a year. That's not a yeah. normal thing. So there is like a luxury in that. yet. I don't think that's grounds for someone who doesn't have that particular freedom to say that's impossible for me. And right. That, yep. Cause that's, that's simply not true. And if it is impossible, that person probably has some serious questions to ask themselves as to like, why do I use the time I, the way that I do? Um, yep. How have I committed myself to such an extent that I literally have no margin? Yep. Um, it's like the person who doesn't tithe saying I can't afford to. And it's like, well, let's let's ask some questions here. You know, totally. Let's ask some questions. How are you how you're using money and the place that money has in your life? You know, I think there's a similar dynamic there. Like um, everyone has something they can give, and everyone has time that can be used. Um, redemptively or differently in the areas that it's not being used redemptively, you know, and I get it. Like I'm, I'm not free from having to spend weeks of my life doing taxes once a year and these things that no one wants to do. And we just have to do sometimes. Right. Yet we all have margin or yeah, we have the potential for margin because I'm very conscious. I have many friends who don't think that they have any margin at all because they've literally committed almost every half hour of their waking day to something, you know? Yeah. Um, So there might have to be a starting point of assessing, like, why do I have no margin? Why do I think I have no margin to, to rest, you know, to spend time seeking the presence of the Lord? Mm. Cause I will tell everyone who's listening that I, I've experienced this and I believe this was all my heart that the Lord can be found. Um, when you begin to dedicate yourself to like being in his presence, um, mm. it's, it can be awkward at first and there can be days, weeks, months where it feels like, is this even working? You know, but inevitably you learn, I mean, it's like, it's sometimes it's like learning, um, has like learning to do some new sport or activity. You actually learn nuance of how to enter in before the Lord. And those moments where you break through and you're in his presence, it changes everything and your hunger begins to change. Cause then you do, as I was saying earlier, you can actually see how that affects the rest of your time and the rest of your life. Um, when it's not just this, man, I should really read my Bible and pray. And it's sort of this punch card thing, which we all can fall into that. Um, mindset, you know, the sort of, did you do do your devos? Did you read a chapter in the Bible? Which, yeah, that's good. But those are only supposed to be tools for you to like find the presence of God and begin to hear him speaking into your life. And he will begin, he'll begin searching your life in a good way. And he'll show you like, Hey, I don't think you need to do this anymore. And a lot of times it'll come as a relief. You'll be like, ah, I kind of had yeah, a suspicion totally. that, I, that I didn't need to keep doing that. You know what I mean? And then you begin to trim off some things and he may have some things he wants to put in your lap. Like, Hey, how about we do this with your time? You know, how about we spend time with this person? And he'll begin like literally rearranging your life in ways mm-hmm. the word me and my wife use sort of a spiritual direction term is like, he'll begin rearranging things. So that's more and more life giving um, life giving. So in that assessment of our, of our lives, we have to look where are the areas that are sort of vacuous, where, um, there's ongoing frustration, depletion, yeah. lack, lack of life. And you need to ask yourself, like, you need to look at those and really assess and ask like, Lord, like, 
whenever I do this, it drains me and draws life from me in a way that is not redemptive. You know what I mean? In a way that feels, it kind of feels dirty or I don't like, you know, I'm searching for more descriptors here, but you got to like, look at those and really assess them. And sometimes those are the ones the Lord's like, yeah, you don't have to do that anymore. Um, even, I mean, it might be something that scares you. Like you don't have to be on social media anymore. (laughs) You know, if it's doing that to you and that's frightening for a lot of us who are artists and that's actually our storefront. And we think we can't actually have a career with, without an Instagram and without doing a story so often, like they tell us best practices are, but the Lord may actually in his love say, you don't have to do that. And then allow yourself to feel the relief. And then the step of faith is stopping and seeing what he wants to do. And I've seen over and over, if you take a step, whatever that is, it's frightening. You think that things aren't going to work out. And then he does something really cool and really special so in his good. own way. You know, he'll, yeah. he'll provide in this whole other way. And then you realize like, oh, this wouldn't have been possible if I hadn't responded to like what he said over here. You know? Yes. Um Oh, that's beautiful. I forget what your question even was. We we, I was we, just we like, went on a couple you know, of rabbit trails there. <laughs> oh, it's it's gold. That's that's what I'm after, man. It's just okay, you sharing okay. sharing your wisdom with us. Uh yeah, I I mean just practical stuff. I mean, you're saying that you guys are trying to keep a rhythm of Sabbath as a family. Yeah. That's something you guys have to plan ahead, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Um Um Yeah, I will say when I ended the sabbatical, my wife was almost tearful because she was scared that I was going to start forgetting the things that I had begun by just putting uh, music back into gear and just bam, okay, sabbatical's done, let's get back, let's get back to work, you know, just go right back (laughs) at it. And she was scared because she saw the, the really beautiful changes that had been happening. And really the process I was in the midst of when, when the quote unquote time ended, it's not like, well, lesson learned time to just take this lesson and start living again. Like started a process, you know what I mean? She was scared that the process would be interrupted and uh, the changes that were happening would um, not continue, you know? So I think there has been a, I've been sort of slowly reemerging and trying to integrate. Yeah. Like um, these things I'm, I'm talking about with you, like kind of slower mornings and spending time outside and trusting yep. that, trusting that I can accomplish within the realm of my vocation really, which is music. We're talking like gainful employment here. Um, I support my family with music, you know, but yeah. trusting that, I don't have to do what I did in my thirties, which is, well, babe, it's eight 30. I'm going to the studio. I'll see you at dinner. You know what I mean? And then like sitting in front of a computer or on a couch with a guitar or dorking around trying to like feel like I'm doing something to make my music yeah. career better for like eight mm-hmm. or nine hours a day, because that feels like I went to work. And that's part of what was destroying me, you know, trusting now that like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to spend some time each day pushing this thing forward, but it's not going to consume me. Um, that's important, you know? Yeah. I feel like to backtrack a little bit, though, a really important thing was reaching the end of the sabbatical. And again, as I said earlier, having that point where I was holding music out with both hands open, saying like, Lord, I, I will move on if you have a different idea here. You know, and never really receiving a like a thus saith the Lord, not any strong word of like, this is what I want you to do now or something, you know, but looking back at the year and realizing, you know what, I spent like half hour, an hour a day on the couch with a guitar. And I have like 30 plus little song ideas that are really fun and strong. And they just came out of this. They came out of this time of me just enjoying that I'm made to do this. And I think realizing that it was like in me to do this thing, I guess. Yeah. Ultimately, if I had reached the end of a year and told my wife, I haven't touched my guitar for a year and I don't miss it. You know, I'd have to start asking some questions. <laughs> you know? totally. I'd have to start yeah. asking some questions. Like I'm not going to move forward with this career just because it's like what I've always done. And I'm known for this. Um, that at that point wouldn't be valid to me. You know, yeah. Um, so I'm excited to say that I reached the end and realized, like, oh, like 
I love this and it's actually in yeah. me to do this. And yeah. I feel confident I can move forward, but maybe a little differently than I've done. Right. <laughs> I've done it yeah. in the past, you know, maybe do this differently and let this continue to be like a blessing um, for my yeah. life, my family, and hopefully for those out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm of course excited to hear that. Uh, everyone wants <laughs> right. you to keep going. I think yeah. hopefully we would also want most of all your health and your family's health. So it's, it's sweet that those two things are actually together. Uh, and of yeah. course we're stoked to hear what you create and really just to affirm you, I think you've been pastoring people through your music the whole time. Like mm. I do think like you and it seems like your wife too, like you guys carry something that, uh, yeah, we need in these days. I think um, kind of one of my last questions, I kind of got two more, but the, the second to last one really is like, we're living in crazy days right now. It just feels like there really has been a shift. I know mm-hmm. it was a long time coming, but 2020 seems to be this converging of all these these things that have, have shifted uh, the West, America, the church, all into some different different. Uh, a different moment. Um, and I just, I guess, uh, you know, that's a pretty broad way to say that I could get into any of the specifics, but I'm like, what has anchored you guys? I think maybe as like in my own life and I would imagine, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, like, you probably have had this as well in your life of just like, uh, friends, peers, family members walking away from the faith, people who used to kind of identify as Christian, um, yeah. kind of moving on from it, deconstructing it, uh, whatever. I mean, I've been through my own kind of process of deconstructing, but really like what has kept you guys in the faith and, and wanting to continue to follow Jesus and yeah. Yeah. Again, for me and my wife, Michelle, personal interaction with the living God. That's what's kept us in the faith. You know, church is important. You know, we've got a local church here and it's important to not, you know, abandon the meeting with the saints, you know, that's important. Yeah. We need fellowship, but you're right. Yeah. Like we've seen so many fall away. This started 10 years ago, but it's ramping up in acceleration. Now people I never thought would like, throw in the towel and say, I'm over this, you know, I'd rather just have, I'd rather just have a tech job in Seattle and make a lot of money. I don't believe any of that anymore. You know, on down the whole spectrum, the whole spectrum, you know? Um, but what has kept us is like the awe and wonder, the fact that God is speaks, God speaks. That's I think me and my wife's message more and more is like, people need to know God speaks, you know, personally. And so, at some point we learned how to like drink from the well um, rather than being dependent on someone giving us a drink. I don't know a better way to put it. We learned to fish yeah. rather than having someone give us the fish. There's a point in your Christian life where you need someone to hand you the water. You need a pastor and a preacher to help you, you know, to disciple you, to help you discern truth. Um, And we're not above needing help now. I I have a mentor for the first time in my life. So like, that's a good thing, you know, but at the same time, I think what, what kept us in is that like, we learned the beauty of hearing his voice and like my wife, she's a rare breed. She's like, I love discernment. (laughs) She loves when there's a difficult decision and she gets to like talk with the Lord about it and have him step in and, and help her discern. She loves it, which is wild to me, you know? Um, But as far as the church on the whole, my understanding, what I see down to years ago, having like succession of three plus dreams, all showing the same thing. And this was before the pandemic, all showing that the church is going to go through a hard time. And all of those dreams that have really spoken, I won't get into the the nuances of each one, you know, but all of them showed sort of a, a facade in front of the true church, the true presence, the true altar, like a facade in front of it. And that facade and each of these dreams, he would show me there are characters who have almost like the Pharisees of the Bible who have made some weird game or competition in this front facade area that true believers who love the Lord even are like, 
running in circles, trying to like perform in this competition that is created by people who don't even know the Lord, you know? Yeah. And that that was going to come down. And those who push in are going to be able to come into the, the true church, into the presence of the Lord, you know? So I think I'm of the opinion what we're experiencing now has happened many times throughout history, which is a shaking. So yeah. that that which cannot be shaken will remain. And I think it's frightening in a country that has called itself loosely Christian for a long time with a lot of people who loosely or truthfully call themselves followers of Christ. That shaking, yeah, you're seeing uh, what can be shaken is being shaken, you know? Yep. Um, so many friends over the past 10 years that have walked away, one of the big things that they'll always point to as their reason for walking away is how the church failed them or how the leadership failed them. How, you know what I mean? That's like, yep, totally. The whole time inwardly, I'm like, to me, that's not valid. What it shows me is you, you don't know the Lord, you know, like I've been hurt by Christians. I've been hurt by institutions that have failed. I've heard bad preaching. I've followed the word of spiritual leaders and had it fail. I've had it happen too, you know, but there has to be a differentiation between the spirit of the living God and these institutions of men, you know? Yes. Um, the best institutions can be like a trellis that is created to help growth of the fruit of the spirit. Um, the worst institutions block the Lord out and create a barrier between the people and God, you know? Um, so I think we're seeing like institutions failing. I mean, Every other month, there's some other mega preacher, pastor, personality who's either renounced the faith, who's gotten caught in some crazy sin, and all these people are falling away. Church attendance is at an all-time low. All these churches are closing down, and that's a shaking. You know what I mean? What can be shaken is being shaken. Um, At the same time, I think for those of us who know him, there's all these people in this sort of liminal space in between belief and falling away where they've seen enough that they're like, oh, I really, I, I really want it. You know what I mean? But there's an uncertainty because they haven't maybe had enough personal interaction, you know? And I mean, I'm talking millions that could go one way or the other, you know, yep. and podcasts like this, those of us who know that the Lord is real because we've met him, um, outside of institution, you know, um, can be a voice they'd like, no, like this is your time to go deeper. This is your time yep. to find, to find him, you know, to really know what it is to like interact with your maker, even on a daily basis and mm-hmm. maybe begin to teach and show people how to do that. You know, as the church is the institutional church um, is crumbling in some ways, some of them are doing well. It's not all doom and yeah. gloom, you know, it's not all doom and gloom, right. but the numbers do show we're in like a time of shaking, you know, where, yep. I think we may begin to look more like Europe or Australia or New Zealand, where there are less people who would call themselves Christians, you know, but those who do, there's a pretty good probability they actually know him, which I'm of, I'm of the opinion that might not be a bad thing. Um, That's me. To some people that sounds awful. Um, But it could be like the, the, the true believers are revealed, you know, and those, those who maybe never knew him um, sort of move on with the spirit of the age, which may be continually to view anything that smacks of like sort of traditional Judeo-Christian values as like anathema. Like that is, that is not acceptable any longer because of this whole list of whatever the thing is, you know, whatever the dominant society is saying, we're, we're opposed to this now. Like there are aspects of like just traditional, Christian belief that are beginning to show up on those lists more and more. So you can expect that it's going to be less, even in our country, less and less um, okay or acceptable um, to really follow the Lord and all of his teachings with a whole heart openly. And I do believe that that's the hard part, which, you know, leads to some level of persecution. We'll see how intense that is. It could just be shamed or you get canceled, you know, that, that's like compared to other places in the world, that's pretty light level, but that's, that's on the horizon and is happening, you know? Um, 
And there has to be sort of an acceptance that like, okay, man, the Lord is real. And to follow him in certain areas here, like I have to be willing to be canceled or to not be accepted in this, you know, group that traditionally I've been accepted in the group of good artists or invited to the, the good places, you know what I mean? All those things, totally. a little, a little more, you know, pushed into the margin. Um, we see it happening. So that's happening too. And the temptation there then I think is to loosen on what are like Orthodox beliefs, what Christians traditionally have believed to loosen on all those things so that you're not rejected in the age you're living in, you know? Yeah. Um, Which is another big temptation, you know? Yeah. 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 No, I, I resonate with everything you're saying and, and really have had my own journey of just like, as if a wind just came and blew through my life and those around me. And, and I kind of ended up on the other side of it. Like a lot of trees had fallen down and I'm like, why am I still standing? You know, Mm -hmm. what was it about my life that had actual roots to it in this thing to where it really, it was my own and uh, yep. and I have a real yeah. relationship with God. So when this wind blew through, even though it bent me in all different ways and I had to really wrestle in a certain, to a certain degree that I never have before with what I believe and, and really looking seriously about, about the, you know, what's the gist of this versus just the extra. And I've thrown mm-hmm. out a lot of the extra in recent mm-hmm. uh, years, but have really gotten down to where, I mean, there's this shaking of, of religious Christian institutions and all the falling with that. But I also feel like there's, there's really this, uh, we're watching the secular ideal unravel in front of us as well, where, oh, yeah. where oh, yeah. you know, there's people running to that as their saving grace. And then what is it, you know, bringing us other than overdose and suicide and incredibly mm-hmm. high levels of ang- anxiety and depression and, and all mm-hmm. of that. So it's, it's like, so, you know, it's the, the, shaking and falling of all of those things really that's left this like new ground where actually what like I'm recovering like true Christianity that's like lasted for millennia that I'm like I didn't actually get taught this at my private Christian school (laughs) like I'm actually getting down to the actual history of the church that kind of has always gone on before me it's going to you know go on after me and so there really has been this interesting refining that I'm like I am excited about I'm actually can genuinely say I'm excited about the days to come. And I do think yeah. that people, there will be many, and I, it makes me excited to hear you say that, that there, there's actually millions of people hanging in the balance is a little too strong, but like who kind of will have this before them. And I, and it is my hope to influence people to go like, it's okay if you need to get rid of the extra, but like, yep. what was that thing at the beginning, you know, uh, mm where, you know, there's, there's gold underneath all of this, you know, do you, mm-hmm. are you going to come find that gold with us? Like, is that in you, you know? And so anyway, I appreciate the fact that you have always been a voice, uh, that speaks that. And I think you will probably continue to be like, I can just tell that you're still carrying such truth in everything you're saying. And so thank you so much for continuing to be who you are and just bless you. And like, we're excited, of course, you know, take all the time you need to do your new projects and whatever, but man, we're so excited about here. Okay. One last question, I guess I love to know, you know, people I look up to are people that I, that I'm inspired by, like what's inspiring them. Uh, so maybe just like, I don't know, books or things that you're, you know, what's inspiring you these days, uh, activities, Mm -hmm. music, anything, uh, that's inspiring to you these days. Yeah. If I'm honest, the, the most inspiring thing, sort of transformative thing that's been new to me is actually like receiving some mentorship. I know yeah, <laughs> like there's, there's good beautiful. music I'm into and stuff, but actually like receiving sort of like some inner healing that I think was long overdue and being someone who's done life alone, especially when it comes to interior things, I'm sort of like me and God hammer yeah, this wow. thing out together, having realizing like for me as a 40 year old, like having someone who's tread the ground and can help lead you through, through the weeds and really experience healing in parts of my heart, you know? So for me, it's really been through the 
organization ministry. I don't know what you call it with like John Eldridge and the whole kind of wild at heart crew out there in Colorado yeah. that really, you know, the, they're kind of a hybridization of um, counseling and therapy right. slash just ennobling sort of the heart. And really when it comes down to it, putting back together like broken hearts, you know? So I think the work, mm. I read some of his books when I was like a 20 year old, so like 20 years ago, you know, he had these books out that all the college kids were reading, you know, totally. and then I lost track for like 20 years, you know, and then it was within the sabbatical that me and my wife just stumbled upon his podcast and started like reading and listening to some of the books and um, yeah, sort of developed a friendship interaction with them and what they're doing there. And it's meant a lot to me. It's really been, um, as again, transformative to begin as someone who loves in like the internal life and the soul's journey. And as you said, I care about the souls of others. That's what's interesting to me is to actually to talk about the heart. And it always has been sort of a kind of like stumble upon a group of people that it's been their one sort of mission and goal and life to piece together traumatized, broken hearts and ennoble them and like launch them into like the next season um, is pretty awesome man so i will say like for that's me so that, that's been the most exciting thing in the past yeah. five six months of my life is actually experiencing help and wholeness in areas that i've never experienced or had a whole heart you know and it's yeah. changing things and i think it's going to change the future for me and even yeah, who knows how that works in the songs. It always does somehow. So we'll, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what that means. You know, that's so, beautiful. Yeah. Like yeah. that's what comes to mind. You know, there's, there's other things here and there, you know, but yeah, that's, for sure. that's sort of the, the big, like, Whoa, this is really a sweet thing in my life right now. That's unexpected. So, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Cool. I mean, gosh, being healthy people, that's, that's actually, and we have plenty of songs about being unhealthy and, sad and whatever it's yeah. like i wish we had you know i'd love to see more artists be actually healthy people and it doesn't even mean all your songs have to be happy mm -hmm. you know it's just actually actually in touch with and and getting healing on the inside that's like really beautiful yeah. and it's fun because i do remember when the eldridges and like those books were really popular and just to mm -hmm. hear that you know kind of they're <laughs> not in the spotlight anymore but here they are still like doing their thing faithfully like 20 years later that's amazing to hear that's right. so yeah so cool well, dude, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to hang and to share yeah. about your incredible year. And yeah, we're just, I'm just super grateful for you, your family, your music, and just bless you guys. Thanks so much. Right on. Thanks for having me, Jess. I appreciate it. Hey y'all, this is your girl Charlene. Did you enjoy that episode? I know you did, cause it's awesome. Well, if you wanna be a part of this conversation, you can submit questions for our final episode by sending an email to contact at jessraymusic.com and submit your question in the subject line you wanna put Born Again Podcast. And of course, I'm gonna be back with Jess to answer those questions so you know it's going to be awesome.